Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Welcome everyone to this episode of False Bottom Girls. We have a very special guest with us today, uh, Dr. Sharon Jones from the uh, from Dottie Rose Foundation. And uh, Rachel, I will let you give a little bit more of a brief introduction, and then we'll we'll hear from Miss Sharon or Dr. Sharon. Sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dr. Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, thank you so much. Um, so Dottie Rose Foundation is a, our charity of the month for October. They um, de- have developed a STEM program for which they produce for young women specifically. Um, and we are working with them at the brewery to kind of, well, one, right now we're working just to raise some money for them through the re- release of a special beer that we brewed in honor of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then um, two, we're hoping to maybe forward, you know, continue that relationship in some sort of STEM education through brewing. Um, but I'd like to just kind of start to get to know Sharon and your foundation and why you started it and what you guys do exactly. And even just to start out what STEM is exactly for our listeners who, who want just a little bit more of a definition about that. Sure. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. And can I just say how much I love False Bottom um, as the title of this, because I think it literally just makes me giggle every time. And Rachel is explaining what that meant to me. And I'm like, this is awesome, which would be good <laughs> in more detail. But first, thank you so much for having me. As she said, I'm Sharon Jones, um, or Dr. Jones. Um, and I run an organization called the Dottie Rose Foundation, where we support middle school girls in computer science. Now, I'm going to say computer science because it is a part of what we call STEM or STEAM, or some of those things get conglommed together. But the definition is science, technology, engineering, math. If you do the A, that's arts. Now, and and the reasoning behind where this came from was we as a country were falling behind a bit in leveraging the wonderment of what it meant to really take science and mathematics and technology and understand what all of those things meant. So when STEM came into be, the idea was to elevate that and really showcase how you can have a wonderful career doing something around science, technology, engineering, math. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a full degree in engineering to love to do something with using engineering in your job. So we can dig into a little bit more about what that looks like, but what we do in our foundation is specifically, I pull, well, I use all of STEM, right? I mean, I, I, we as humans every day are active STEM examples when we technically we use our mathematics we use our engineering we use technology we use science every day i mean you think about when you get up in the mornings and you guys go to open up your breweries mathematically how much do i need to sell today what's happening let's look at the books let's look at the numbers how many people did we have yesterday all of that's mathematics right but for us for for my role with the Dottie rose foundation i've been a computer science educator for almost 20 years now 
And my role has really been to take that element of STEM and show how then we integrate that into creating technology that is usable, that is um, exciting for a consumer, is what we use every day to make our lives easier. So my area of expertise falls into applying learning how to code, learning how to understand how data drives numbers, because at the core of everything we do, whether it's STEM or computer science, data, numbers, and information is what helps, is what drives decisions. So we talk a lot about that, and we talk about the infrastructure of how we build and put things together. Like I went to visit Rachel the other day when they were brew, beginning to brew the beer that we're going to be in partnership with. And it's so fascinating to watch all of that science happen in front of you and see the tech because she's got in a very sophisticated system. I, the first question I asked, I was like, how does it get from that one big barrel to over here? <laughs> oh, there's these pipes and, you know, the way that they have the pipes and they very, you know, systematically know how long it's supposed to be when it's done, it releases and it moves. I mean, that is taking science and using tech to help accomplish your goal. I mean, it's so cool. I mean, you know, you think about how more efficient, how much more efficient you can be mm -hmm. by having that piece than even probably 10 years ago when you guys mm -hmm. were moving here, right? I mean, that isn't, so that's really, I've, I've diverted a little bit, but at the core, what we do is we show how we can apply uh, all types of skill sets and we do it with a female persona in mind and help show them how they can find their own space in tech, STEM, CS. That's awesome. How long, when did you start Dottie Rose? So I started it, we have officially been um, going for three years. That's awesome. Um, I've been doing things like this for a long time. The reason why I ended up launching the, the nonprofit was because I had, you know, when you start seeing things as a pattern, right? Which mm -hmm. Is part of STEM and computer science pattern are, <laughs> are part of that. Um, I was being asked to do like these different workshops for kids. Like, hey, can you teach my kid how to code? Um, I have a little bit of a knack for being yeah. able to teach people how to code, but do it in a non-threatening way. Yeah. I, thought, I thought, you know what? I think I can do this on my own. Yeah. And Dottie, Dottie Rose is my grandmother oh. who um, is, was, well, an amazing human. You know, there's a very special com uh, connection between a child and their grandparent. My mom is an only child. Now, let me also say this because my mom is equally amazing. But uh, my mom is an only child. So I spent a lot of time with my grandparents because they, you know, and my mom and Dee, we were like two peas in a pod. Like, if you want to talk about, we could whip together a flower arrangement in like no time, right? <laughs> And, and then dance, but, my, but the thing that was so cool, my grandmother loved to dance, but she was super mathematical about it. <laughs> and she would tell you like how many steps and beats yeah. and things. And that's how she learned to dance was based on the math. And I just, you know, I just, from an early age, I learned so much like about, she never went to college. Um, that would, you know, during that time when she was young, that wasn't what you did. And, um, but she was a lifelong learner. So mama D taught herself how to type. She taught herself. She took dance lessons. She took swimming. She did flower arranging. She did all, she was constantly doing something to keep her brain moving. Yeah. 
And that's part of where I get my like thing where I think, oh, we can do a little of this and we can do a little of that. Yeah, I gl- I'm glad that you bring that up. The part about not necessarily having to worry so much about going to college. Like, yeah, there's so many. I don't, I, you know, people used to say trade jobs. I don't even think that's even the term anymore. There's so many different skills that you can learn from just real world experience. And it's almost like if you don't have a specific goal in mind or like endless cash, don't, don't do it. Go, go explore something else. And I bring that up specifically. So our listeners and younger girls out there can know, like, I did not finish college. I started, I, you know, I did what I was supposed to do right out of high school. I really didn't want to, I went to community college for a couple of years and I went to, you know, uh, VCU, which is Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. And I hated it. And I went until like my parents had started a college savings fund for me, which was really awesome. Like, but I, once that ran out, I was like, you know what, this is, I hate it. I, like doing okay, but I'm really like, my heart's not in it. I don't want to go into debt over this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know what I want to do. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of business school. There's a lot of great classes you could take to teach you to be an entrepreneur. And I did have some of that learning. And I, I think some of that stuff was helpful for a basis, but what was really the most helpful was real world experience. And then, you know, so I was always a, a in the bar and restaurant industry and then I got into the beer world through that and then I got brewing through that and now I own my own brewery and I did not need to finish college to do that um not saying that college is gonna prevent you from doing any of that stuff either it's not bad but just like don't waste your time with something just because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do you know and I'm just glad that you bring that up I just want to touch based on that um yeah I think that's Rachel I'm really glad that you are actually both of you brought that up. That's a conversation I've had a lot of times. Um, so sharing a little bit of my background is I, um, you know, I graduated college. I have a bachelor of science. I have to remember in um, <laughs> business administration, but I was a double major in economics and management. And then I went to law school and I have not used my law degree in several years. And it's, um, you know, once I got started, there are definitely things that I enjoy about having that kind of an education and it's, it does benefit me each day, but you know, I realized like, I didn't, I don't want to do, I don't want to work in the legal field. This isn't, you know, there's things that I enjoy, but really the opportunities I was seeing available for myself were not the opportunities that I wanted. And um, I had a very like, I still have, I think, PTSD from getting a, you know, real job at a law firm that was just an incredibly toxic kind of atmosphere that for a long time I thought, well, I guess this is just what it means to work. You know, this is, this is what it means to be an attorney, a young attorney in this field, in this echelon of law firm. And I hated it. And I started looking more towards beer and then eventually you know, if I saw like just a one-off class on something, I would take that and I would go to conferences and all of that stuff. So the, the job I have now, which is an amazing job, I, I love so much of it. I mean, it's still a job. So like there's still bad days, but uh, I don't use in anything that, <laughs> that, I, you know, that I am still paying very expensive student loans back for. Uh, so I think that that both of you talking about that is such a huge 
thing that uh, I personally, I know when I was graduating high school, which was at the end of the last millennium, just to make myself sound very old, it was, you graduated from high school and <laughs> you went to college and mm-hmm. that like, yeah. that, that was it. And that was good debt to have. And Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you, you know, you were, yes, you were 18 and being told that you need to decide what you want to be doing when you're 40. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's, I didn't mean to kind of digress from that, but I think that what, you know, what Rachel had said is it's, yeah, college doesn't hurt, but it's, it's not for everyone and that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, neither, neither one of my parents went to college and my mom, gra- or oh my God, I said graduated retired as, you know, as the executive vice president of a bank um, and had been in that position for a very long time without having a college degree. And the same, it's the, you know, that experience that you learn. And I think that the coding and things like that, especially are so important. And I think uh, one of the questions I had for you is when you're saying that you're doing the this uh, this organization with kind of the female persona in mind to keep encouraging them Um, I know I've read that you know it's usually around the age where you're working with young women now where that starts to drop off because it's it societally becomes more important for you to be nice and pretty and likable than to be smart and do things like math and science personally I have a 14 year old niece who math and science is her favorite subject And I know that she's right there at that kind of cusp. And I just, I like, I hope all the time that she sticks with it and goes down that path. So how, how specifically do you, or like, what are some of the things that you guys do to help encourage young women to, to continue that passion for STEM, for coding? Well, first of all, uh, I would love to connect with your niece and (laughs) Give her yeah. a good talking to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. There's a couple of things. One is that is the pivotal age where we start to see the turn. All right. Let me go. I want to say two things and then I'll tell you why. The first thing is both of you mentioned about the education piece, right? I'm an, I'm an academic nerd, right? And hence I have a doctor. Let me, come on y'all. Like I just <laughs> jam, right? But the thing is, is that for me, what I found, the reason why I ended up staying in academia the way I did was because I call it the boomerang effect. I fought being an educator for years. I mean, I come from a long line of educators. I mean, on both sides of my family, mom and dad. And I thought, no way, I'm never going to be a teacher. Like, I'm going to be a radio DJ. I was DJ Shark and Sharon when I was in high school. I started. Yes! I need to get clips of this. <laughs> like, I have a whole mixtape of DJ Sharky Sharon coming to you. Sharky Sharon. Oh. A little bit of, you know, Boyd and Mariah Carey. So, I, <laughs> the, what I didn't realize at that point, y'all, it was that I was doing STEM. I was leveraging my communication skills, but I was creating these mixed tapes with, you know, with ramp ups and, and timing and the way in which I would put things together, you know, all of that piece. And then I ended up going into education, but what I want, what I heard, and I think this is the part about how we even talk to our girls. So it's going to relay back to how you say we keep them involved. One thing is the boomerang to me is what you always go back to. What do you find yourself always going to research? What is it? Like I do like this sometimes, like for me, it was always going back to learning more about 
when I finally taught myself how to program, I was like, holy bejesus, this is awesome sauce. Like I get control over this computer. I get to tell it what to do. It doesn't talk back. Like this is <laughs> amazing, right? And I found myself really digging in and figuring out how did I want to use this, right? I was really, I could be really creative. It challenged me. It was all these things. Like for you guys, like even for you, Jen, you were saying like, I really liked beer. Like you, and you kept finding things that were interesting about it. And it's the boomerang is how you keep, you get going back. And that's where you begin to find your love and your passion. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell my girls all the time. Okay, listen, some of you are not going, you're not going to be coders. I mean, quite frankly, even those that are considered like full stack developers or software developers don't sit around all day long and program. It's a part of what they do. But the bigger part is the problem solving, the collaboration, the thinking outside the box, the looking for solutions to problems. So that is where you're going to, but that, that's really part of what that whole coding piece. But what I want to, with the girls, I say, all right, so if you love jewelry, I love jewelry. <laughs> Let me just use that as an example. <laughs> But like I have quite a few girls that love photography or they love jewelry or there's things that they keep, they love dance. Oh my gosh, y'all. Dance is at the core of robotics. If you <laughs> love to dance, you can use your dancing to help an engineer better program and produce a robot that would be more human-like, that might clean a house, that might come and clean the brewery so that you don't have to wash down every 45 seconds. Like, you know, that kind of thing, that's what I tell them. If you love this and let's find what you love and then let's show you how that, that passion can be integrated into technology, into science and math. Because let's be frank, technology is, we're in the technological revolution, just like we were in the industrial revolution 100 years ago. The way in which our children are going to interact with one another and with uh, technological devices is only going to continue to grow and change and advance. Mm -hmm. It is our job to show them how to use it and how to use it well, how to create with it, not to be scared. And also, I'm really adamant in saying that they're not consumers, but they're creators. So if you love jewelry, let me teach you how to make it how to make the website to sell it, teach you about the algorithms on the back end for when the SEO part, the search engine optimization, so that you can make a really great entrepreneurial business. Mm -hmm. Just like Rachel said, I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. I love how I did not know until you said it earlier that there's STEM and there's also STEAM. Mm -hmm. And that includes arts and yep. brewing is so much, not only is it technology, it's so much art to it as well. Like, yes, there's a whole chemistry biology side when you are putting together this recipe, there's a real science to it, but I can't tell you how many times there's also like a little bit of cooking to it too. Or I'm just like, yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. It's an art. It's an art form as well as involving everything, um, technology well, and scientific. And Rachel, when in the, in, if I'm an art perspective, Okay, and I want you all to think about this too. Art is so mathematically driven, right? Everything mm -hmm. about art is about color, shape, dimension, all, of, and that's all math. It's all math. Now, oh, yeah. what people sometimes don't see is that they are naturally really good at art. So it comes so naturally, they don't even realize that they are 
uh, perceptually drawing the eyes in the right uh, in the in the right area. Like you know, you ever I don't know about this, but like when you're a kid, you draw a smile and you always put the eyes like at the very top of the circle and the <laughs> eyes are supposed to be. Yeah. But um, when you think about for, for you two in particular, part of what your job is, not only are you brewing great beer, but then you've got to sell it. Mm-hmm. So the art of the selling and how you create that visual representation of your beer is as important as the brewing piece because oh, yeah. you know, think about it, it has to be aesthetically a pleasing to people to purchase mm-hmm. and they, you know I think when you're thinking about designing a label designing how it's going to sit on a shelf um all of that's logistics that's art that's mathematics again mm-hmm. it's science if I put this uh, we were you know what I was thinking about the other day I'm going to divert for a second you were telling me about um selling in Lowe's mm-hmm. uh, uh, food stores and about selling your beer. And my dad has for years been um, a merchandiser where he talks all about how you pay for the space of where you put it and on the end caps or where it's placed. And I mean, dude, STEM. You got to plan it out. You got to figure out there's money involved. Like how much are you going to pay to be on the top shelf or the bottom shelf or in the middle? Yeah, no, those are real, real things. Luckily little brewery me doesn't have to deal too much with that side, but the bigger the brewery you get, or especially places like Coke, Pepsi, you know, those really big brands, they're, they're all like, it's all about, okay, I pay for the best shelf space. Like what is eye level to the consumer walking by? That's the ideal stuff. You're right. And it's all very much systematically planned and there's a reason for everything. And it's engineering. It's it thinking about where, and, and the other, and then whether all that comes into play is a psychology of how we purchase. Mm-hmm. And then oh, it's, when, it's huge. Like right, and then how we purchase is all data. They get all this data from, okay, so Rachel's going to go and, you know, this is, and you, you know, those little VIC cards and everything that we use or all the little cards at the grocery stores. It's all tracking what we buy and purchase and oh, yeah. is marketed back to us. That's what I keep saying. That's computer science. Yeah. That is computer science that, and you can find an amazing job if you love all things around retail. I mean, you could kill it. And if you can figure out how to help a store better sell their, their merchandise, that it's, you know, name it, whatever you want to data analyst, data master, data storyteller, the master of selling. I don't care what you call it, but that (laughs) is computer science. And that's, and teaching people at an age when they're not afraid of the numbers but instead embrace them and use them to move your, your cause forward. I love that idea of the, um, the data storyteller. I'm, I'm think I'm going to see if I can add that to my job title because that a large part <laughs> of what I do, I work in the marketing department, but um, you know, one of the things I ask anytime we have a new vendor or it's anybody coming in is tell me about your reports. What does the back end look like? What can I learn about our customers, what what data like that can I gather to be able to hyper target those people? You know, if you if you consistently come into the brewery and order Hazy Like a Fox, which is one of our beers, well, we just had Hazy Like a Fox 12 packs released. So like how how can I target those people to say, hey, guess what? Now you can get this in a 12 pack to take home. 
Uh, so I love the idea of calling a data storyteller because I'm, I'm like a, a gremlin for data anytime <laughs> looking at something. It's like, tell me what, are, what do the reports look like and then pulling those reports and what can you glean from it? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see if I can get my job to change. You're yeah. <laughs> on your business card. Yeah. Data Look. storyteller. My, I mean, my it, friend. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, I mean, like people say, oh, I'm in, I'm in marketing. I'm like, uh, yeah, marketing is all about the numbers and figuring out how to sell more. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can think of a career or job where you don't use STEM. There's not really one. I, I'm trying to wreck my brain. I'm like, jail. I mean, even even <laughs> then, even then, you gotta like make deals with this person. You know, two two apples for a banana. You know, it's like there's deals to be made. So I really don't know. I really don't know here. There's yeah, and, I, one, I, and that's the thing. That's the part of why it's so important to have this conversation and to say it is still cool for you to love science and math when you're in middle school. Now. You may not love science and math. Like you may not love how to figure out fractions. I'm not a fan. They actually sort of drive me nutsos. But I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna figure out how to use them, right? I'm. I'd rather use decimals. You know, right? We'll <laughs> make a mixed number. You know, but and you may not be super excited about a word problem or you know. But those, we have to think about it. And this is the part that I keep telling a lot of my girls, and even I work with a lot of educators. How can we make this relate it, relate it to what they know, right? Just mm -hmm. like you said, Rachel, um, I'm going to trade you two apples for a banana. Well, is that an equal trade? I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the quality of the banana. Correct. <laughs> or how much <laughs> you like bananas. Yeah. Right? Or how much you <laughs> ate apples. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know. Is there a razor blade in that apple? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, just thinking about ways to connect it for, and like, even for your niece who's 14, like if you just have them write down their top 10 favorite things they like, I mean, music, food, things to do, whatever, you'll get so much insight, uh, AKA data on, <laughs> and then you're able to create lessons and content that they like. And then they can see, like you just said, there's not really anything we're going to do in life. Where we're not going to use some type of STEM or STEAM skill. Well, especially today's day and age when they have one of, you know, a mini computer at their disposal all the time. Okay. And like you can do, like anyone can do as much as they want to try to shield their child from the awfulness of technology. But the point is like, you know, today's day and age where you can get consumed in Facebook and social media and cyberbullying, but it's not going to go away. So you might as well teach people how to deal with it in a healthy way instead of, you know, not knowing how to deal with it and having this drug, if you will of a item. So, I mean, it's like, you know, when I went to high school, if like, shoot, I, my, my computer was dial up, you know, I don't even think mm -hmm. I had like a computer in middle school and uh, you could leave all that stuff at home, but it's not like that anymore. So you got to learn how to embrace technology. How, yeah. To be create, let's create, yeah. to use yeah. this as a tool. Now, let yeah. me be honest. We all need some mindless scrolling, right? We all have scrolled some. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's just, that's not, but that's, it. but we need to think about it in a, in a fashion in how can I use this, this piece of technology, a phone, a computer, a, um, a, a, 
Fitbit, any of the things that we are, that we use now um, to, for the betterment of the quality of my life, right? Yeah. What am I going to use this for? Um, that's, that's a, a very key element. And we talk a lot about that. And I, and I tell um, my, my girls and anybody else that I'm with, you know, this phone and probably, I don't know, let, let me, I want to say no less than five years, this may be obsolete now. Our smartphones are going to turn into something very different. Um, we're going to see a very different way and how, I mean, virtual reality is very much a play. Artificial intelligence, which has been around for decades, is coming more to the forefront. The way in which we're going, there's going to be some hologram screens. There's going to be um, a lot more virtual interaction with with things like bots and th and. And I'm not saying we're going to go totally to like this whole robotic. Yeah. Not yet. You're going to see it is going to change again. There's going to be another iteration of this, of our smartphone. Sure. And so it is, we need to continue to be thinking. I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily be the one that, that invents that, but I'm going to be right there alongside of it to make sure I know how to continue to create and evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. So, so what are um, some of the, and I, I know both you and Rachel have kind of touched on this, but if there are breweries who want to be involved in the in, uh, STEM, particularly for young women, what, what can they do to play more of a role in STEM education? Well, first of all, beer is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Um, I th the, all right, there's a couple of things. One that Rachel did with us, which I thought was marvelous. We did a ladies night out. Let me, let me say this too. In, in educating or thinking about the, the culture of STEM, not only do we need to work with our kids, but we also have to work with parents and adults so that people can see that this is a part of, of what they do. And so it's not so scary or, you know, sometimes I, I, we, we compete as, a, as an organization with a lot of sports and other pieces like, oh, well, they're playing soccer or they're doing this. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, let me teach them how to actually run the analytics on their soccer game so that they can get <laughs> better. I got you, right? Um, but so one of the things Rachel did, which I thought was wonderful, is we did a ladies' night. Or, 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 I guess I'm really telling you a ladies' night, but it was a night out, and we did a, it was a fundraiser for us, but she taught us all about the history of beer. Did you know it's really sugar water? <laughs> That's her favorite thing. <laughs> but I'm like, do you know at the core of what this is made of and then how they use chemistry and science to change that into a completely, I mean, at the core of sugar water, and then you've got all these oats and, and um, yeast and things that go into it at little amounts. And that just a little amount yeah. changes the entire structure of that uh, liquid. That's incredible, right? So having that conversation, I think there's a conversation around even the, the marketing of beer, understanding what it is how you think about uh, create, what kind of flavors go together. There, that's a whole art, like you said. The other piece is um, thinking about um, just having the, we talked about this too, having the girls come in and make sugar water, physically showing them. I think whenever you can give them an experience for them to see what really happens behind the scenes, you change their perspective. So I'm a big advocate in anything that we do with our work is we take them to the place where the action is happening. Mm -hmm. Could be 
brewery, it could be at a tech place, whatever, but show them what happened. Show them the technology that you're using in that large um, pot that's making the mush. Sugar water. Sugar water. Mash. <laughs> See, I'm going like to say mash, but then I was like, maybe it's mush. No, mash. <laughs> um, oh, this is the other thing that she, this is, and this could be, think about this too, ladies, like in terms of like, even for your own piece of like some just educational videos that you could put out on YouTube or, or whatnot. But um, one of the other things that I, that she did that I thought was so cool is that after the mash is made, after all that's drained out and all that, and they've, they've got all these, um, the leftover grain, the spit the leftover grain. Yeah. She used, they repurpose that for dog treats. Dude, awesome. Yeah. There's a local company who comes in and, and takes our grain free. You know, it's really smart business plan of them actually. Yeah, uh, they inputs. get free <laughs> product, free ingredients to make their product with, which is cool. But, and then the rest goes to a farmer who just feeds it to his, his cattle, his goats and stuff like that. So, and that's really typical, maybe not the dog tree part, but that's really typical of breweries is to send, to find a place that they can send that grain that um, is going to be beneficial. Um, it works out. The farmer gets free feed. The brewer gets someone to pick up this waste product they don't need anymore. Well, so, and you think it's like zero waste. It's showing the full circle yeah. of how you're taking a product and then reusing yeah. it for the benefit. So Jen, there's so many different ways, but I think the main piece, uh, the other thing that I was reading quite honestly about um, in terms of your industry, uh, this past year, there's been a lot of um, sessions and things on safety and mm -hmm. requirements and um, making sure that there, you know, all those mm -hmm. cleanliness, cleanliness, all those mm -hmm. pieces, and all of that is STEM related in terms mm -hmm. of logistics, how you plan it, what you do with the waste, all, and those are all roles that women can have oh, in, yeah. within a brewery or within the system. Um, and also thinking about how much the, the brew industry is a part of food and beverage. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. how, I, don't, I mean, like I know, but I mean, like just in general, if we think about over the if we, if you put it into categories and people are like, Oh, I want to be a chef or I want to do this. Well, why not be a brewmaster? Right. Yeah. And what it, all could you do with that? There's right. a lot more op options for education now than like when I was in high school, like you didn't go to brewing college. Like that's not like, there were a couple options during that time, but that's not like something that was normal or what you did. And even now it's still like, Oh, you can do that. And there are schools and options, but I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, why don't you guys, I think we're getting uh, somewhat close to time. So why don't you guys talk about the beer releases coming out? Sure. I just uh, also wanted to say, oh, this is what I want to say. Um, <laughs> it, you realized that. Uh, so I think, and Sharon, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think one of the reasons you guys got in touch. I don't even remember how we met each other. It was so long ago, but I, I think you have girls who are now getting older in mm -hmm. your nonprofit yep. um, who maybe you are looking for a different avenue of, you know, some sort of education that's a little bit more appealing. And I think that's kind of how we came about. It was because brewing might be a little bit more appealing once you get older. And it's not, it is, it's definitely something to be looked at as just a, a, an art, uh, cooking, a forum. Um, it's not taboo. It's not like, yes, we're an alcohol industry, but it's important to teach kids the responsibility of alcohol. And at the end of the day, when you come in here and you brew a, make a beer, 
we're not making alcohol, we're making sugar water. So I think it's a great way to, you know, I want to continue having, uh, you know, maybe set up a program with Dottie Rose for her older students or whatever she feels like. I mean, I've, I've brewed with eight-year-olds before, so like, whatever, bring it. It's all good stuff. Typically, they're in, in it for the mash, and then it gets a little boring. But, but that's how I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to think about like, there's two things I want you to, to, to think about this too. Um, we like to do a variety of different things in terms of as humans, right? We don't like to just sit and do one thing all the time. Right. So I was thinking about the, the, uh, brewer, the young woman that's the, that's brewing with you right now that moved to Miami and then came back but her name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, That's Razia. 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 Okay. All right. So Razia is multifaceted. Okay. She loves brew. She's coming in there and she's put, getting her hands dirty and she's learning the, you know, doing all these things. But then she also has, she flips sides and she works with a marketing firm, right? Yeah. And she is learning the, the, the art of how to market, which in turn is going to help Rachel in the end. Oh, yeah. And she is learning, she's got two folds of using her skill set, right? She's getting her hands, she's doing a hands-on piece. She's getting to be creative with the marketing piece. She's going to be creative in making the beer and thinking about how to put it together, what goes in the different recipes. And then she's also going to take those tech skills and apply it in two different ways. One, in making sure that machinery runs, which is infrastructure. Like mm-hmm. You've got sensors, you've got pipes, you've got timing, all of that, that data. I mean, you know what's being, how much is going into it, measurements. And then on the flip side of the tech, she's going to go in and create these beautiful graphics and, and other methods in which we also talked about timing. When should you post and how should you post and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So those are all things that can come into a full comprehensive program for kids that are going into high school. Maybe you're not going to be a brewmaster, but maybe you're going to work in an industry where you are making something. There is yeah. a product to be sold. How is that product made? What is the, what is the process behind that? That's what we want to show these young women that come through as they begin to age into high school, like your niece who's 14, that's the next level for us. Cause most of our kids are between 11 and 13. And then as they head into high school, okay, now we've got a base. Now let's expose them because now they're ready. Mm-hmm. They got, they got a, they, their brains are a little bit different. We can begin to really expose them and show them the connecting points. This is, I also want to say this is not a silver bullet. It takes time. Mm-hmm. We don't, we didn't learn how to read in one day. Yeah. We're not going to learn to be STEM experts or technologists overnight. It takes time and exposure and showing up. Yeah. We're going to show up and do the do. So to answer your question about the beer, Jen, I know she's going to tell you more about that, but oh yeah, so <laughs> excited. <laughs> yeah, so we brewed a Southeastern IPA, um, which uh, is my, my ode to New England IPAs, if you will. It's just a uh, really nice, bright, juicy American IPA brewed with the use of corn um, to yield that kind of clearness and dry attenuation. And... Um, you know, it, there, the, the beer has nothing to do with Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Dottie Rose. It, honestly, everything happened so quickly. I already had this beer planned out. It was already something that was going in the tank. I was like, we're just doing an honor for her. So because the beer doesn't matter, it's all about raising awareness and raising, you know, for, you know, not just Dottie Rose, but the STEM in general. 
and just kind of an ode to, you know, RBG kind of using her awareness to raise awareness for all this. So mm-hmm. it really is all about the beer. I, I think even, um, even in the description on the can label, I don't even like talk about the beer. I'm like, no beer could ever live up to RBG. And then like, that's what it's about. So, but for you who like IPAs, it, it's a great IPA. It'll be released on the 20th. Not even sure if our episode will be out by the time that it is, but that doesn't matter. Um, Dottie Rose will also be here on the 29th to share more about their organization, how you can get involved. And we will be canning most all of this batch. Um, it w- we'll be selling it in the tap room, a little bit in distribution around Charlotte. So for our listeners not in Charlotte, Dottie Rose is based in Charlotte. And um, in a tad bit on draft and then we will so two dollars at every four pack will be donated to Dottie Rose we also have made a ridiculous amount of Ruth Bader, Gins, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg swag including buttons and koozies and stickers and tote bags and shirts and all the profits earned from that merchandise will also be donated so there will be a lot of ways to support them also, Sharon, just tell us um, how, if someone just wants to learn more about your foundation or, or sure. want to support you guys, how they can do that. Absolutely. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. All of the money that is raised through this through these sales will go to support uh, scholarships for our girls. It costs about $2.95 to send a girl to a week camp with us. If you want to know more about what we do, we have programming all year long, all kinds of fun, adventurous things that we, we do um, at DottieRoseFoundation.org or on all the social media channels at Dottie Rose Foundation. And everything that we are gonna do in partnership with, with Rachel and Pilot Brewery, Brewing is uh, going to support these scholarships because our girls, we have a mixture of backgrounds and, um, and economic pieces of, of women that come through our organization. And it's really amazing. I mean, it's just it's such a cool group of girls that we've been able to serve over the past um, three years. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. It empowers us. This, the other piece about this is this, this is showing how women stand together, how we are better together. RGB was an incredible mm-hmm. woman and role model for us all and using her example is how we can continue to, to move forward. And um, so thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve more women through this opportunity. Yes, absolutely. definitely. And I will say really quickly, Rachel, since you brought it up, our, this episode will come out on October 19th. So anybody who's listening, um, that if you are listening on the day it's released and you're in the Charlotte area, please make plans tomorrow night to go to pilot for this release yes and if you're not in the charlotte area and you really want to help just go to dottie rose dottie rose.org dottie rose foundation.org dottie rose foundation.org and and donate to their wonderful cause you know more i coming from a past experience of helping nonprofits, there's nothing more than a donation can really do for someone so Mm -hmm. Really, that is uh, just a great way you can help if you're not around. Sorry, I can't ship you beer. I'm not that big. <laughs> I'm not that big. So just in case, let's go ahead and clear that. We will not be shipping any beer. Right. <laughs> yes, I have been asked. Yeah. Government, so, if you are listening, there's except no to beer shipment. Yeah. Except to Jim. 
but that will be in not in yeah in a legal that's, that's a, a private citizen private, private citizen to private citizen. I will, I will you guys her. don't need to worry about it i will meet her in the border <laughs> of georgia <laughs> no bootlegging excellent well thank you uh dr sharon jones for joining us today this was i think lays a really great foundation for people and i know it certainly opens my eyes. I don't identify as a scientific person and I sometimes overlook the fact that there is a ton of chemistry and everything else that goes into brewing. Um, so we definitely enjoyed having you. And again, anybody wanting to learn more about Dottie Rose, it's dottierosefoundation.org and you can find them on social media at Dottie Rose Foundation. Uh, you can find us on social media at False Bottom Girls. You can also send us an email at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. And as always, if I can make one minor two-minute plea out of your day, please make sure that you subscribe and like and rate our podcast. That helps other people find us. And as always, thank you to everyone who reaches out or engages with us on social media. And I will say just very quickly, because this is also related to STEM, in our previous episode that just released on sensory and sensory programs, we've actually had a couple of our listeners say, this is great, I just got tapped to help like develop our sensory program. So that kind of ties into STEM nicely and I was really excited to hear that. Uh, so once again, we will thank Dr. Sharon Jones from Dottie Rose Foundation for joining us today and we will see you guys next time or talk to you guys next time. Yeah, no, I can see that. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the brewing world go round. <laughs> <laughs>